A florist's world is filled with big-budget, Instagram-worthy moments, leaving so many florists feeling inadequate or discouraged because this isn't the type of work that they're attracting. But the bigger issue I see florists struggle with is being overwhelmed and exhausted and frankly, counting down the days till the end of wedding season. If you are struggling keeping up with the day-to-day -day details of your business like proposals, ordering product, client meetings, and then getting this week's wedding done, all while trying to balance kids, a day job, self-care, and whatever else gets thrown your way, I'm Jenny Beck, and I am going to help you feel so much lighter in your business. I believe that today you can start to change your business and your life, and I'm here to help. I used to struggle with pricing. Everyone needed a deal because I felt like that was the path of growing my business. But in the end, I was needing to do more and more weddings and my calendar filled up with uninspiring work. I came to a point I couldn't do it anymore. Through coaching, courses, masterminds, and a lot of self-work, that has all changed. I feel creatively inspired, have the resources to work on my business and not constantly in my business, all while making impactful money, being a more present mom, and feeling balance in my life and business. Whether this is your side hustle, your mom hustle, or your everyday hustle, this podcast is the place for all the juicy details of creating a business you adore. Flower friend, my name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, flower friends. This is Jen, and you are listening to the Floral Hustle Podcast. It is the new year. The new year is upon us, and I don't know about you, but every new year I go through this like state of reflection. Of course, I'm doing goal planning, but I wanted to talk to you today about some unconventional goal planning. When I worked in corporate America, like I would always dread this. I was the director of sales for an automotive advertising agency for, it was like 10 years I worked there. And every year they would get these crazy spreadsheets out and we'd be looking at like salesperson allocations. All of those things are things that you should do. You should be looking at your financials. I actually just had a meeting with my accountant and we planned out like what we were going to pay me this this last quarter of the year. And then we looked at what are some potential opportunities for some write-offs. And, and so having those type of moments definitely are needed. Uh, those could look like for a florist, like, okay, how many weddings do I want to do? How much do I want to average per wedding? And if you don't know what your stats are for this past 2022, now is a great time to start because you're going to have to have all of that data for your taxes anyways. So take a little time and dig deep into those numbers because then all of this other goal planning that we're going to talk about is really going to be helpful because you're going to kind of have this base understanding of where is everything financially and for people to really like I think operate their business from their heart and to really love their business for what they need to feel like they're getting paid and that their work is valued financially because you need you need money it's just part of life but what we're going to talk today about is planning the rest of it how we can, and this is one of the things that I say, how we can build a business that you absolutely adore. And a lot of that like literally starts with you just even dreaming of what that would look like. And personally, I often am very, very busy and have a lot of things going on. I have, you know, two children I've mentioned on the podcast before. I literally did 56 weddings this year, and I think we're ending the year around a quarter of a million dollars. So like, and this is with limited childcare, so I'm, I'm kind of always on the go. But my husband is a big dreamer. And even we had date night this past weekend, and this is a long story, but it's very relevant. He asked me, because we are in the talks of of building a life that we we absolutely love, like everything about it. And part of that foundation is a farm. I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota. I was in 4-H. We had animals. Um, like it, it just is something that I so want to give my children. 
I have a really good friend that owns a horse ranch. And whenever I go there, I just feel this peace and this just like, I don't know what it is. It's just like it awakens me that this is like how my life should be. And so he was asking me when we get to that point, what does it look like? And I think right now, that's that's something that we can all do with our business. Because he was just like, what do you want it to be like when you get up in the morning? What do you want it to be like? What do you want your routine to be? What do you want to be doing? Where do you want to be? Like just all the like getting to feel because then you're getting to visualize how everything is going to be. But we don't need to wait till we get to some milestone. What do we want it to be next year? What do we want our business to look like? What do we want our life to look like? Because mine basically smashes into each other and is very intermingled. I don't know about yours, but I I like to work. I love working, actually, and especially I love teaching. I love delivering a bouquet to a bride. But I also love when my mom, my um, my kiddos come out here and they're like, Mom, we really want to do, you know, we want to go to the park or I want to go to karate tonight. I also love, equally love those moments. So I feel like my personal and my business intercede because we also have the studio five from foot feet from the house. We basically, I've taken over our garage. It's heat, air conditioned. It was the first thing I actually bought my house because I walked in the garage and I was like, this is my studio. And it is because we're in Minnesota, it has to be insulated and it had a water source in it. So it's just like all the things big enough to, you know, make everything work. I was thinking, I wonder if everybody else does this reflection of like, what do I want this weird to look like? Because a lot of times we just get into it. And I knew somebody that I just thought it was really funny. Like he always called, we're knee deep in alligator piss, which is the weirdest phrase ever. But like we get into the thick of it and we don't even think of how we got there. So right now, I want you to take a moment of intentionality of thinking, what do I want my business to look like from a goal planning um, perspective? Because goal planning doesn't need to be just financial. What do I want my rest to look like? I am not a rester, but I need to rest to want, for one, to have creative rejuvenation time. I know when I go to pottery class and I am sitting on a wheel making something or I am Thinking around with something there, like that's rest for me. And I start thinking of a million ideas. I start thinking mentally about installations, a lot of things other than the pot I'm making, but I'm stepping back and I'm taking that space. And even that little two and a half hours while my kiddo is in preschool literally gives me so much creative energy. So that's one reason why we as creatives, we need space because our brain needs to almost like empty out a little bit and so we can fill it back up with all the crazy shit that we want to do. But without that, you're going to be stuck in creative lulls. I've seen it happen to people where like you start to see all their work just really look the same. And that might have been because they booked those weddings in a very condensed amount of time around each other. So they maybe had like a theme or something in their mind. But taking that space, that creative space to fill yourself back up is going to make your work look so much better. When I see there's a couple floors that I really... I fangirl them. I just absolutely adore one of them. But like her stuff is all different, all beautifully, meticulously planned out. And that is not something that I'm interested in doing, getting so down into the details that like I'm swimming in that water, uh, water of that wedding in every single way. I love being able to step back and think of something like, what is something really cool that we could do for this wedding 
and what kind of theme or kind of details. But like, I don't want to worry that their place cards are cool or any of those details. Just that's that's personally not me. So I want to build enough creativity that I can think of ideas. I can have time to even like look at other people's work, look at Pinterest. So you need that space creatively, but I also feel you need that space to to be the person outside of the business, to be the bomb, to be the wife, to be the person, if you have this as your side hustle, to be that person. And if you're not, you're also like, that's your path to burnout. Only being this character in your life could seriously burn you out. So taking that time for rest creatively and just to make sure that you are connecting with all of the different people in your life, connecting with your family, connecting with yourself, taking time to take care of yourself. I've really in the last, I think it's been about like nine months to a year, have really been trying to take care of myself because I I was just always really tired, but I was always really going hard. So I was making excuses that that was the reason why I was tired. And then I went to the doctor, had all my labs. And I was like, I just, I'm so tired. And I do have a three-year-old that thinks getting up in the middle of the night is a Olympic sport. So I'm like, oh, I'm just tired because of that. And I actually found out like I went to a functional medicine doctor and I had high amounts of pesticides, herbicides, and mold in my body, like toxic levels, like they were almost to the top of the chart. And if you're ever curious about that test, if you're struggling with the same thing and you're around flowers, like that could be something showing up in your life too. So I have been doing all these things to try to kind of detox my body. And I've been trying to just even if it's like two minutes of taking Epsom salt and putting in my bath before I take my bath, like those little moments are are things of self-care to me and to me make me feel like I'm, I really am trying to take care of myself at the end of the day. So planning those two things are huge. But we also want to be planning when we have the, especially that space, that creative space to be fulfilled. What do I want my business to look like this year creatively? I have seen different florists evolve their style, evolve their business because like something in their heart changed. And you should check in. Is everything that you're putting out from a work perspective, does it feel good? Is this in your mind what your dream business would be putting out there? Is it the budgets that you want to be working with? Is it the kind of clientele that you want to be working with? If you're working with barn brides that want mason jars and baby's breath, which haunted me forever, which I have not had a request for years for that, is that what you want? So even going down to, and there's always this exercise in every course I'm taking about identifying your ideal client. And I always just think it's like, seriously, why are we taking up brain space? Because brides are going to be brides and couples are going to be couples or whoever is getting married is going to reach out to me. But if you think a little bit through, and I don't go into this like naming them Peter and Paul or Betty and whoever, I I don't get specific. I want to attract a type of client with a type of budget that wants the type of florist that I am, which is kind of opinionated and wants to have some creative freedom and doesn't want the entire process laid out so I feel like I'm a monkey making their wedding. So laying out those details, like, are you really attracting? Think of like the last 10 couples that you dealt with. Did you like your interactions with them? Did you like how they made you feel? Did you like how they even communicated to you? Do you like how their inquiry form looked? I can usually tell if this is my uh, my couple or my bride by their inquiry form. 
if they didn't take the time to fill in each one of the limited blocks that I have in my request form, they are probably not the couple for me because they didn't take the time, but they expect me to. And so I'm not going to reciprocate bending over backwards, especially because those are usually the people like, can't you just give me prices on what am I giving you prices on? I have no idea what your wedding's about. I have no idea how many people I like. I had another inquiry recently. I sent a list of questions back because she didn't do that. And she goes, when can I set up a time? And I'm like, I don't even know what package is best for you because I don't like meeting with my a la carte clients. I didn't word it that way. I said, I don't know which option looks good for you. So I don't know what to recommend from my services standpoint to be able to tell you if, if a meeting is, is even appropriate. Because if she has a thousand dollar budget, I am not going to waste an hour. She can look at my a la carte and it's very, very easy. If she has a, you know, $3,000 budget, then I would love to meet with her. But if she doesn't have that time to even answer the questions or be respectful in answering, I think it's disrespectful personally when somebody doesn't answer direct questions. I think that like they're just not caring and just want to waste your time in an appointment personally. But that's not the type of bride that I want. That's not the type of couple. I want a couple that is like respectful of your time and your investment into that process because it is an investment. And then also, do you even like your current consultation process? That could be part of your goal planning. You know what? I'm getting a lot of price shoppers, so I want to put in a brochure. I want to build a brochure so that I can provide some pricing guidance for that couple so they can know if they can afford me or not. And then we can either move on to moving forward or they can move on to looking at other options. And either way is okay, but adding that little thing could be a goal to improve your process or even looking at, you know what? I want to really dig into my communication to my couples. I want to communicate that I am a luxury florist. I want to communicate that I only do sustainable weddings. Whatever it is, that could be a goal. Then you could even make it a goal to manifest or develop plans to get some of your floral bucket list out of the way. So there are, for most florists, there's these things that they've thought of or dreamed of. And I know one florist that actually does this a lot, like thinks of these ideas and goes and finds a couple to execute that idea. And it might not always be at full price, which like I've talked about that in another episode. If you really have something that you want to do and you want it as a portfolio piece, you can always position something super fun and exciting for you to do that you are doing at a discounted rate as a portfolio builder because after you built your portfolio, you never have to duplicate that discount. And I don't even recommend a discount, but if it's just something that like your heart is totally speaking to doing this and you would have just done it in a styled shoot anyways and then paid for it yourself or between a few creatives and why not do it for and make it for somebody's special day. So thinking of, are there things that like I really want to do this year that I want to creatively accomplish? I know another florist that literally has a vision board and those types of things, like a picture she sees or a whole inspiration theme or mood board goes on her vision planning for the year or goes on her goal setting for the year, I want to find a bride or couple with this whole theme in mind. And I do think that there's something to even like, if that is one thing that you're really excited about, to attract that bride, what are you going to do? To attract that couple, what are you going to do? You could potentially make some Canva graphics that just say, you know, tropical inspiration I'm dying to do. And it could have inspiration photos uh, embedded in it. 
Or you could put together a whole mood board and put it in your stories. There's so many things that you could basically just make up in Canva, which if you haven't heard of Canva before, it is a, I call it like a graphic resource center that you literally can go in and create a million different graphics that are postable, shareable to Instagram uh, in stories or on a regular post that really could speak to some of the things that you want to do or just even fundamentals about your business. I know that's actually something that is one of my goals this year as a business. And when I've been thinking about my goal planning is I want to do more informative, educational posts. I post pretty pictures, which most of us do, but I want to add value in 2023 to my couples. I want to talk about like my service offerings, get some specific pricing, talking, talk about my a la carte flowers, talk about my rental inventory, do videos talking about different wedding topics. And so people can get a feel in the videos like of who I am and just my general vibe sometimes is even nice for somebody to watch. And then I can um, really just have a social media plan built in as well that we're going to do Wedding Wednesday or we're going to do Florist Tip Tuesday or we're going to do Fun fun Friday, whatever you want to do. You could make up theme days around really just speaking to your customers and teaching them about how you do business and informing them on how wedding flowers work. I think we all assume that everybody knows, but nobody knows. It's the same thing when you're buying about anything, buying a fridge, buying a dishwasher, buying a car, buying a house. Most people, like, they go into a situation just, like, thinking they know everything. And, like, then you sit down for a consultation with somebody and they're like, I had never thought about a million of these things. And so you could have them think about those million things that you consistently run into right in your whole social media strategy. You just developed by setting a goal of wanting to change your content from just pretty pictures to being a bit more educational, a bit more informative, sharing your services, uh, sharing your pricing. If you have dream wedding venues that you really want to work at, you could even use a hashtag strategy to talk about like hashtag Hutton House wedding. And even if you haven't done one there, you could literally say, some common thing that you see in every one of their wedding photos tagged on their Instagram, uh, like their fireplace installation. How much does a fireplace installation cost? As long as you know how big it is and can price it out starting at, that could be a post. Talking about like, I want to do, you're putting out there, I really, from a venue perspective, from a creative perspective, I really want to do a wedding at this venue. So you can have themes of, I want to do this type of wedding, this these flowers, or this is a big goal. But you might just desire to do a specific venue or a new venue. And that could be a goal that you plan. So it doesn't always have to be financial. I think that so many people just focus on, they either focus on financial for their business, or literally they're just focusing on what their personal goals are for the year. And really, I don't know a lot of people that actually probably spend time thinking about how am I going to change my business? Am I going to change my business? What do I like about my business this year? What do I not like about my business this year? So I've been doing a lot of thinking about that, not only with the things that I've mentioned, but I've been thinking about my space. I love being literally 15 feet because I sometimes at 10 o'clock at night after I put kids are all down and everything I'll come back out here and I'll tinker a little bit and it's relaxing to me it's a even though I'm working it's a little bit down because there's no noise there's no commotion it's just me and flowers which is my purpose and I'm just I'm soaking it all up even at 10 o'clock at night but 
I have gone through several, several iterations of my space. I went through and like literally painted the walls in here a nice bright white to make it whiter in here. I've went and got new shelving in here. I've rearranged and got better work tables. So right now you could even goal plan. What do I want my space to be like? Because as one of my, my favorite, well, one of my favorite like personalities who is Ali Casaza, she is a life minimalist mom minimalist, if that makes sense. But she always says what takes up your space takes up your time. And so this could also be a good time. What do I want in my space? Is my space working for me? Do I like how the flow and setup is? And do I feel like it's it's filling its potential and it's basically filling its purpose? And so we're, I'm going through that right now. And I actually, because it is a down week and a half before my New Year's wedding, I literally have some of my freelancers coming in and we're literally going to be packing a bunch of things up because I don't need all my inventory in here. I need space. I need more space than I do having my inventory here on site. And so what what does your space look like? Do you have enough space to put finished pieces? Do you have enough space to put your boxes before you take them back to the wholesaler or back to recycling? Do you have an area that is for cleaning vases? Or what are all the big things that you do in your business, in your studio? Are they working? Because if they're not working, now is a great time to reflect and potentially set goals. I've set a goal that there's going to be more space in the studio for people to work and for us to have product. I literally am going to take a whole row, well, pretty much almost the whole row of shelving out, and I am going to have extra space. I'm going to get a bucket system in place. We kind of been placing them around. I had a milk crate kind of rack system before, and I just like all of a sudden got this thing where I wanted to see if we had more space like on the perimeter and we put the buckets. But then like somebody stepped in a bucket this year because there were so many buckets and it just became a thing. So I want to create more space for my helpers, for flowers to be safe. And so they're not getting bumped and damaged. So take a moment and reflect. Do I like my space? And if the answer is no, like something doesn't feel right, go and ask your freelancers, your um, employees, what do you think of how things are set up? Do you like how everything is set up? And then they're going to, and I want you to be honest with me because I think people are always afraid, even though be honest with me or I'm going to be honest with you seems like a very Minnesotan phrase, but you know what, I feel like we're always crammed or I feel like none of the supplies are in a good spot or I feel like there's not really a place to do X. And then just, okay, do you have any ideas on how we could fix that? And if you don't, that's totally cool. I just, maybe you've already thought about it. So I thought I'd just ask. And they might or they might not, but then you're taking feedback from your team and they are going to value their their ability for one that you even care to take their input and then you can kind of develop some goals around your space because what take what is in your space what takes up your space takes up your time so every single item in your studio we don't have to Marie Kondo anything but is it serving a purpose or is it some attachment to a monetary value that you're not wanting to part with that item because you paid money for it at some time, but you haven't in three seasons. If you have not used it, my rule is usually like, I I didn't use it this season. I'm going to take a hard look at it. And okay, I don't want to quite get rid of them yet because maybe you have one book bride or one couple book this year. But next year, I probably, if, if I don't, book more than one, I probably shouldn't have them um, in inventory because 
maybe they're out of style. Maybe they are just not something that maybe you should initially bought that you thought you could sell but couldn't. And then just go from there. Make a goal about your space because you want your space. You're spending time in your space and you want it to feel good. I don't know if you guys have someone that helps fill this role, but I have someone that on Monday, they come in and they sweep everything up. They empty all of the stem compost. They empty the trashes. They clean all the countertops. So when I come in Tuesday, my space feels really good. If you don't have when you come into your space and it feels really good, like how can you change that? Because you want to feel good in your space. You're spending too much time to feel like shit in your space. And this goes for your house too. Do you like everything and how it's functioning in your house? Your bedroom, your whatever. And if you are looking for help and guidance on that, um, the woman I mentioned earlier, Ali Casaza, has all these decluttering your home courses that I've taken them as well because I am a huge fan of hers. But I also have wanted to just reduce my clutter, reduce because that clutter, like when you come in, you just your brain sinks because you feel like you're drowning in clutter. You're just like, I don't know how I'm ever going to pick this up. And I feel that same way when I come into my studio and things are out of order. They're a mess. Just I don't want it to feel like that anymore. And so you can make that same choice. So we talked about a few things. We talked about like goal setting for your space, goal setting for your designs, goal setting for taking space in your business. Now, like we talked a little bit about the financials in the beginning, which is of course great, but to get some of that time that we talked about, to get some of that space initially, what do you want your team to look like? Are you happy with a one-person show? Does that feel good to have all of that pressure and weight that you are making all this happen? Or is having a couple freelancers feel good so that you have somebody that's like next up at bat and can help get something accomplished? Or potentially, do you need to, are you at the point that maybe you should hire somebody full time or hire somebody for 20 hours a week or hire somebody for potential VA work? So a VA is a virtual assistant and that virtual assistant can offload a whole bunch of tasks for you, like answering emails, let's just say figuring out what you need to schedule on social media, build a plan, that person can execute your plan. They could help, they could just help with so many things. It's like organizing your bookkeeping. I know, I personally do have someone that helps with those um, more of like social media tasks and some organizational tasks if I need them because that's just not one thing that like makes me feel like I'm living in my purpose or I'm living in my zone of genius by doing a bunch of admin things. I feel like my brain and my body should be better served working on the business and thinking of ideas and how to network and how to grow relationships and how to serve my my couples, my brides, my vendor friends better. So it, do you have all the right people or is there a task? I think it's always great to do an audit of the tasks you're doing and what time, amount of time you're spending on it. If it is things like I'm spending two hours a week washing buckets, step back and is that two hours of me washing buckets for one, saving me so much money or making me feel like crap because I'm washing buckets? Or is something I really enjoy doing and maybe I need help with something else because I, I actually enjoy doing this? Or is there some better allocation of, you know, maybe you need to have somebody come in and you spend 30 to $40 on Monday and have somebody come in and clean a little bit and potentially watch, wash buckets, or maybe it's $60, whatever it is for you to come in and your people that are helping your wedding to come in 
and have buckets clean, have a space that feels clean, a face a space that feels better. Would maybe that investment be worth it for people to feel more joy when they come to work for you? And so looking at like, do I have the right people in place? Do I have enough people in place? What are their stances? And that's that could be goal planning. Like, you know what? I really liked Sarah, but she seemed she just has a lot going on. And so maybe I need to find another freelancer. Okay. That could be a goal. And I actually have an episode all about tips and tricks for finding great freelancers. That was one of the initial batches of episodes that you should go listen to if that's one of your goals. So goal planning doesn't just need to be, let's look at the financials. Let's look at the numbers. How can I love my business? How can I like get so freaking excited when I get out of bed in the morning? Because Every task that I'm doing that I've tracked and done inventory on and I've looked at what is the best route for this to be, like, should I be doing this? Should Like, in the end, with all the shoulda, woulda, couldas, is this the business of your dreams? Because that's where your goal planning should start. We are here too little of time to be hostage to our business that is not exactly lighting us up internally, making us like happy that we're influencing. Like if we're happy in our business, it's going to trickle out to we're happy in our life. And if we're unhappy in our business, that's going to trickle out and people are going to be like, something is not going right in mom's business, in my wife's business and my partner's business. And they're going to probably want to help you figure it out. But you need to figure out like, is everything what I dream of? What would I dream that's different? Would I dream that I am doing three big weddings a week and um, they're going to be, or three big weddings a month and they're going to be looking like X budget, X type of client. Like we talked about like identifying who do we want to be working with and frankly trying to repel the people that we don't want to be working with. I am so glad that I have changed my business enough that I don't get, and I'm not bashing on barn venues, but I did so many of them. So many, so many baby's breath things, so many mason jars things that it's like it causes a physical response in my body when I even think about it, because I'm just like, oh, I so don't like how that made me feel. I felt like I was being undervalued. I felt like I was doing monkey work, florist work. Like I just, I felt like I was meant for bigger things, more creative things. And like, this was just like a fire hose shooting me back that that's not going to happen if you keep doing this. So I've changed how I'm presenting myself, how I'm presenting my business into this way that like, I feel like the majority of time I'm attracting someone that's going to value me, value my opinion, value my creativity. And I'm setting them up with providing pricing guidance so they know about what this should cost. And then go from there. So right now, I want you to think, how does my business feel? Does it feel good? What is coming up for me when I think something isn't feeling good? What specifically isn't feeling good? Because if you don't identify it, you can't fix it. Okay, so I don't like how going to my wholesaler feels because it feels negative. Or I don't like that my wholesaler never has things in. Or I don't like working with rinoculus. Like whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. If it doesn't feel good, you are the CEO of your business and you can stop. And if a couple, bride, like pushes back on you, guess what? You're still the CEO and the boss of your business. And I am so sorry that you, that's something you really want, but I have had such bad experiences that let's just say anemones 
Like I, I think I talked about anemones in another episode, like one of my most unfavorite flowers, just because the white ones just, ugh. by time they get here to Minnesota, they're usually just crap or they're green or they're bruised or they're blown. Million different things. So like maybe you just like, I'm sorry, I don't work with anemones because I'm going to have to increase the price of your flowers so much to cover how much bad flowers there is that I have to throw in the garbage because they're so temperamental. And I, so I, there are some alternatives that I'd love to offer you that doesn't get us down that road of increased pricing, if that's something you're amenable to. If you're not, I totally get it. And I know a couple of floors that don't mind working with anemones. And then you volleyed over them. They can volley back like, no way, I want them. Okay. You have made a hard line. I want my business to feel good. And this stress, I actually, I've seen florists do this. They'll book a wedding that during the booking process, it was stressful. They're like, I don't like how this couple bride made me feel. The mother-in-law seems batshit crazy. They really want X flower that's super hard to get during their wedding time. And on and on. Then you stress about it. Every month or whenever. Because those people are the ones that usually check in all the time. Every time they ping your email box, your body has a reaction. Crap. I have to deal with these crazy people. I thought this was going to be an easy wedding. I didn't charge enough for this wedding. And on and on. Step back from the beginning because it ain't going to get easier that week when you're going to the wholesaler and when you're going to make their stuff and you're worried that that bouquet is not going to look like they envision or the pictures they said because you're literally nothing is probably going to live up to their standards because they're that difficult of a person. Why do that wedding? Make the choice now that you are going to do things that feel good in your business. I've actually had one of those brides that I literally, when I was taking her deposit, said, I am so worried that I am going to deliver your flowers and I am an extremely confident and very well-educated florist that you are not going to like whatever I bring you because you are so specific to a point that it is hard for me to understand. And I was right. I maybe manifested that. I don't know. We'll see uh, if that's what the, the universe meant for me. But that's the only bride that I've ever delivered a bouquet, had her tell me she loved it. And I literally held it up in the mirror with the photo that I printed on an 8 by 10 because I was so worried about it. And I had to tear that thing apart because she wanted it airier. I'm like, oh, this is one of my favorite fra phrases. I said, you wanted things bonering out more. Is that what I'm understanding? Because I wanted her to like think about how silly, like she wanted these flowers just jetting out and I knew they weren't going to hold up good and a million different things. I said, okay, I can make things boner up more. And I went and I tore it apart and I gave it back to her. And like that day I made a decision if I ever feel even remotely or even a twinkle of what I felt today, I'm going to say no because I want happiness. I want good vibes in my business and I want good vibes in my email. I don't want to have to open my email and be like, crap, them again. Just, just stop. You deserve better. And that's a whole nother set of issues. A lot of times people are just like, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, I need money. I need, I need the experience. I need, I just, I need, I need, I need. But if you need that, you're going to keep needing that and you're going to keep attracting that person. And so if you don't make, I always put a hard line in the sand. If you don't make that hard line in the sand at some point in your business that I am going to love every single thing about my business or I'm not doing it because I'm the CEO and I make those decisions, you're going to be making, I need, I have to. They're not so bad. And then 
complain in your head, complain to your partner. So then they start wondering, why are you doing this if these people are so crazy? Because that's the conversations I used to have. Why are you working with these people? They sound horrible. And sometimes they are. Sometimes that's just people are just not happy people. And I, I, when I start getting that vibe, I'll just like flat out say, I, you know what? It sounds like you have some pretty big feelings about whatever it is that we were discussing. And that's just, I think we might be on the different page because I don't, I, I can't do that and probably fulfill it to the way that you or the level that you have expectations of. And I've never delivered something that I didn't feel confident that you were going to be happy. And I don't want to deliver something you're not going to be happy with starting now. And normally they're going to be like, oh, and take a little self-reflection because you're basically telling them like the way they're acting is not working for you. And sometimes people might not appreciate that, but especially with there, there are some people that just they need, I call it a little, little education that we can't be treated that way. I, I had somebody actually, and I made a funny reel about this on Instagram, request a Christmas Eve consult because they were in town. My business does not operate on holidays. That's one of the reasons why I own my own business. And shame on you. I have a family and it's very public that I have a family. Like I make that known in all my posts, like that you would even have the expectation of, of someone, no matter who they are, that they're going to drop everything on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day was also okay. Just throwing that out there to meet with you. Like, I don't feel like anything that we're going to discuss couldn't be accomplished on Zoom. So we can do Zoom if you want. Otherwise, I totally understand if you need to go a different direction. That is one of my my favorite phrases to use in reply to an email to somebody that's that's difficult. Address what they said because it's crappy to not address their concern or what they've said. And just say, you know what? If this isn't okay with you, I totally understand if you go in a different direction because then you're giving them permission and it's okay if you want to. So those are some untraditional goal planning things that I go through in the new year. And especially when, you know, you're, you're in a growth phase. Like I feel like I've grown so much in this last couple years that I'm really excited to what the next level of growth is with this podcast fitting in, with my coaching business fitting in, with my family fitting in and my health fitting in and just creating this synergy that like when you're thinking about your life, like everything just feels so good and it can feel so good. You are the CEO and I am so proud of you for even listening to this because that means that you are open to change. You are open to making your life better. And if you need help with that, because I've needed help in the past, I needed a kick in the ass to be like, you don't need to do baby's breath weddings anymore. Stop. What do I say to that person? Here's a couple things you could say. And now I can say it just like that. I'm sorry, this this doesn't fit the style and aesthetic that our floral studio, uh, you know, prides ourselves on. And so if you're really looking specifically for that's not something within our design aesthetic, but I can recommend some studios that do. So I've needed he that help. So if you need help, I am your girl. I am here for you. I have a couple spots for monthly coaching right now. Or if you just need a one-off session, you just want to like hammer out like a little bit of goal setting or a little bit like a clarity around an issue. Um, my monthly coaching is really affordable. It We'll give you two 45-minute sessions. So we space them out every two weeks because I am your accountability buddy. I am going to hold you accountable for the change that you are desiring. I am going to check in with you every week. And we're just going to talk about like struggles and things that you're running into. And there's this amazing tool, Voxer. And if you are 
somebody that likes to especially talk when you're messaging. Boxer is amazing. You could have your team on Boxer because it just sits there. It's not a text message that's staring you in the face. You can Boxer your team. Hey, we need to pull seven trio cylinder vases and then we need ivory three-inch floating candles for it and or we need to whatever. You can Boxer that person and it can just sit there and not interrupt them and then they can come back to it. And you can see if they've read it or not. It's pretty easy. But you get Voxer access to me and we can go back and forth and we can really work on the things and set goals. I literally, I do like a 90-day recap of what we've accomplished. And <laughs> it, it can be crazy. If you were driven to really make shit happen in your business, I mean, I, I had one coaching client, like we made their brochure. We looked at their copy on their website. We looked at recipes and proposals and what those proposal templates could potentially be changed to. I mean, so many good things could happen if you really dedicate time and space and really are open to growth. So you can check it out on thefloralhustle.com. There's a, a coaching page that has all of the options. And so I just want to throw that out there because I absolutely like it fills me up to help people and I would love to help your business succeed like my ha mine has and because I just know how much happiness comes with growth. I hope you guys have an amazing new year, beginning of the new year and really take this time to reflect because I just know that you can change yourself into the person you want to be and you can change your business into the person you want to be. And you will find just so much happiness in that when you are living in your purpose, when you are living in everything that feels good to you. So have a great new year. Thank you, friends. I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. Friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found value or today's episode was helpful, please head to your podcast player of choice and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every week of new episodes. And while you're there, please go and leave a review. Reviews are so important for getting this message out to all of our other flower friends. Also, if you are wanting additional support, head on over to Facebook and join the Floral Hustle Facebook group, which is a place for like-minded floralpreneurs wanting a more aligned and more profitable floral business. Flower friend, have a fun-filled flower week.